for joining us today. I'm your host, Ben Chan, at the Organized Chaos Cafe podcast, where I hope we can talk about some leadership, some transformation, and help understand and contain a bit of today's craziness. Grab a seat, and let's talk. Hi, and today I'm joined by a pioneer, trailblazer, and maverick, and as a professional coach, she partners with the leaders to help support them to help their organizations and its people achieve their potential. I'd like to welcome the CEO and founder of Maverick Trailblazing and Partners, Colleen Lewis. Oh, it's uh, thank you so much for having me, Ben. It's an absolute pleasure to join you here today. And we had first met back at the Canadian Centre for Advanced Leadership Mentorship Program, right, CCAL? And what is that? Probably five, six years ago? At least, at least, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, first of all, how's, how's been your, your experience working in that program? Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. I have worked with some absolutely phenomenal up-and-coming leaders, and I just thoroughly enjoy every moment of it. Great. And in terms of your coaching and the partnering that you do with leaderships, I did notice that you are specializing in an area called conversation, conversational intelligence. Um, why don't you tell me a little bit about it? Because it's looking at innovative pieces around neuroscience and frameworks to be able to shape, you know, beyond, I think, emotional intelligence is looking at conversational intelligence. So what, how, what does that look like? So, you know, you're absolutely right. It's about, uh, you know, it's based in neuroscience and it's one of my specialties. Um, <clears throat> so what the conversational intelligence about is actually learning um, to really engage with other people. So whether if you're a team, you know, a leader to be able to engage with that team. So it's through the language that we use and it's about being able to build trust in those relationships because trust is foundational uh, in any type of relationship and you know so important in organizations because that helps to really inspire and motivate other individuals when they know for example that your team member or your leader for that matter has your back and they're really mm -hmm. to support you all the way for sure cool and so is that more of an active form of emotional intelligence then is that is that a way to look at it so it's it's taking it to that next level right yeah. so emotional intelligence is about the individual and when we think of ciq it's really about the we how do we as individuals interact together and through that how are we leveraging our collective intelligence to really be able to take the the that intelligence and the potential in that intelligence and really be able to optimize it. And in that organizational setting, you know, it's how you take all of that talent that you've got in that organization and all that intelligence and really be able to leverage that. And in turn, that comes back to the individual as well, because it gives them the growth opportunities that they need to be able to flourish and succeed in life. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Obviously, 2021 is here. Uh, we've kind of transitioned out of, a, I'd say, a very difficult uh, 2020. And for you, how, how has that impact been for you? We've had the pandemic. We've had also a, long, a lot of different social change and political changes. How has that impacted yourself? 
So for me on the individual level, um, it, because of my background in um, <clears throat> not only the coaching, but, you know, with respect to behavioral and uh, positive psychology's background, it's afforded me the opportunity to have probably a more optimistic and positive outlook than many other individuals. I see uh, the events of 2020 as being very much of a transition period um, for, you know, in, in a sense, the whole human race because it's impacted all of us in some way, shape, or form. Um, so when we look at 2020, there's, you know, there's been so much creativity that came out of that. I've observed so much of that. Um, and I was, you know, um, there's been so much innovation that's taken place. There's been a, a great deal of disruption that's taken, taken place. And when we look at those types of elements, um, you know, for me, being able to provide even more support to individuals, their teams and the organizations to actually, you know, <clears throat> come through this even stronger um, because we are, you know, we have change that happens around us all the time. We just don't necessarily pay attention to it or notice it um, in many different ways. And what the pandemic did in 2020 was just really sped it up and put it smack right in front of us. And <clears throat> because we had no historical uh, models or patterns to fall upon, it created a lot of uncertainty and um, <clears throat> uh, chaos and volatility for a lot of individuals. So in you know, for me, from my perspective, because I have probably more of an open mindset of looking at this, um, you know, in the present, experiencing, but also thinking ahead into the future that I'm going to be able to look back at this and see all the gifts and opportunities that, that were there. And I see them now. There's so many more gifts and opportunities. Um, and I particularly see that because in, you know, with leaders, for example, they've been put into a situation where communication has been just paramount, absolutely paramount for being able to engage and develop those relationships with their team members and even their families for that matter, right? In so much that, that it's really helped them to learn to relate to people on a more humanistic and individualistic level. And I think that in the longer run, um, that's gonna really help those individuals to be able to, to develop those relationships and coalesce them and make them more cohesive. And, you know, in, in cases where there is conflict, being able to embrace that conflict and being able to look at, you know, what is the learning that can come from that and how can we take, how can we use that? How can we leverage that? So, you know, overall as an impact on myself, um, you know, there's been greater opportunity for me to support other people through, uh, through the coaching, through workshops, through learning and development for individuals, but even for those individuals to take on new experiences and have new opportunities to learn from those experiences as well. Excellent. And I know you kind of mentioned the piece around mindset and and those, I guess, with a more open mindset are able to adapt a, a lot easier. But have you worked with any of the leaders that don't have that mindset that need to then their adaptation is actually changing their mindset. Has that been difficult in, in, in terms of 
how they're able to manage both their professional and personal life? So in the, in that respect of their personal and their professional life, human beings are whole. They're not these entities that can switch brains, I guess you could say, when they walk over the threshold of going into an office or they walk over the threshold of going into their home. Right. Those innate values and characteristics are there. Now, when it comes to mindsets, and I, and I was talking about that open mindset, we could relate that to Carol Dweck's work of having a growth mindset, for example, as opposed to that fixed mindset. And if an individual has that fixed mindset, for example, right, much of that is when you look at the underlying psychology of that, that's driven by fear. There's the fear that, uh, that that individual has of stepping out of that comfort zone for themselves. But they can learn. They can learn to do that. And it just takes a little bit of exercise to be able to challenge themselves. And this is what I've worked with individuals on, of moving just even 10% out of that comfort zone into having more perspectives on um, you know, a particular situation that they might be experiencing, whether it's at home or whether it's at work. Um, and typically one of those, you know, those things could be around communication and the conflict that comes into those communications. And it's about not being afraid to embrace that and see the value that can come from that. And also again, of looking at the positivity of that as well, and also the gifts and opportunities that can come with having that growth mindset of allowing yourself to see multiple perspectives that you, you maybe probably couldn't even have ever imagined before, and being able to lean into that and having the courage to take a little bit of risk. It doesn't have to be a great big mound of risk. But having a little bit of risk to take that one step and test it out and see what happens. And from that respect, has there been any kind of division in, say, demographics or industry or positions where you found that there's more, where you're seeing more of a fixed mindset than a growth mindset? That's a great question. That's a really great question. Okay. Now, I can't say that I've done any particular research or studying into the area. But from my own observations, when we think about age, for example, um, for, we've got four, uh, four different uh, demographics in the workplace right now. So with those demographics, um, there's different beliefs and, and ideas around um, what, what work is or what a career is for that, for that matter. Um, <clears throat> so with that... There can be um, differing opinions and ideas that, that take place as a result of that. So when you think about somebody, no matter what age they are, if we instead don't look at the differences that we have and look at what we have in common, we can create a lot of cohesiveness with those groups. Um, so for example, each of us has values. It doesn't matter how old you are, but each of us has values that we share. You know, maybe uh, you have a strong work, work ethic and that's important to you. Maybe honesty is important to you. Maybe respect is important to you. Those are values that you have. And those uh, transcend uh, generations, age groups. So when you think about it, 
with the different age groups in the workplace. So if you took someone that's, you know, working well into our 60s and 70s, for example, we kind of get set in our ways sometimes. And we have our own ideas of how things are done around here, kid, is one of the great expressions I remember from that. And then you've got someone completely on the opposite end of the scale who might be just starting out early in their career. So when you're starting out fresh and early in your career, and, we, and many of us have done this, right? You're going to go out and you're going to make things better and you're going to change the world, right? Whereas you've got somebody that's in that 60 to 70, it's like been there, done that kid, right? It doesn't work. But if we transcend those beliefs and those ways of being and look at those values, so maybe it is, you know, you value having respect. Well, there's something that you can find some common ground on. So, you know, that's, that's an example of, yeah, there might be some differences in the, in the beliefs, but the values can overcome that. And then when it comes to industry, um, when we think about, uh, let's take information technology, for example, there's been huge, huge advances in, uh, for example, artificial intelligence. So in those areas of technology, for example, um, th those things are really driving adaptation and change. And for individuals that um, maybe aren't on that track and in that information, they don't necessarily see those future horizons of, of how AI is going to impact us. Um, because we're going to see uh, eliminations of some roles or jobs, I should say, that are going to be done through automated systems. You know, and, I mean, some of those examples we're seeing already. So if you were uh, an executive assistant, for example, much of that work can be automated because the executive that you're working for can use like a Google Calendar to schedule. They can use um, online um, travel assistants to be able to book flights or hotel rooms or anything like that. So there's, there's definitely going to be some differences taking place and if anybody were to read the future of jobs from the World Economic Forum, they would see some of these shifts and transitions that are going to happen as a result of artificial intelligence. Um, and again, so that has an impact on those positions as well. We're seeing a lot of flattening out of organizations. They're not a lot of industries that are not quite so hierarchical anymore. So that with the positions, there's not really that career advancement in the sense that you're achieving a higher level position. What's happening more is that individuals are advancing in the career because they're moving through multiple positions within an organization. And through that, they're learning, they're getting knowledge, skills, and experience that can be useful across the organization. So that's, you know, that's a few of the things that we're seeing take place with, you know, that adaptation and change that's, that's uh, hitting us now. Interesting. And, and when we talk about the organizations and I guess the evolution of them, I mean, there's the tech, technology side, which is, you know, you look at that triangle, right? Technology, people, and process is it almost feels like all of those things, that paradigm is somewhat shifting where some of the, some of the areas of the triangle are getting larger than others. And so um, I, I think even in a post COVID world, um, that will almost constantly be shifting now um, where we're relying more on the tools and the tools kind of take care of the process and the people are now doing completely different things that, you know, we haven't, we haven't heard of in the last 
five years, right? Like they're they're doing things that we we have no idea. I don't I don't know what they might look like now. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Absolutely. And and so what what other characteristics do you think leaders need in order to be sustainable for the future? I would say that um, you know if I go back to Marshall Goldsmith's expression of "what got you here won't get you there." So for leaders going forward, and it, it would kind of apply to pretty much anybody, it's going to be important to constantly be a learner. As, as I've mentioned, things are changing and they actually, you know, changing at quite a rapid pace, particularly now because of the internet of things, our connectivity that's taking place. It, it would also be important for them to be adaptable in the face of constant change so that they're being able to pivot, take advantages of opportunities that might come along. Because sometimes we can see pieces of a puzzle, but they don't necessarily all fit together at a particular point in time to create that bigger picture that you're looking for. So it's it's kind of having that awareness around you of, of kind of being curi curious and, and um, kind of always scanning, scanning the environment and seeing what's happening there and seeing how all of this might be able to come together in a bigger picture. And it would also be important, of course, for um, leaders going forward to have courage. There's, there's, as I said, you know, there's uncertainty, um, there's complexity, there's that volatility that we don't know um, exactly what the future is going to look just as exactly as you um, had mentioned. So it's important to go out and have that courage to go out and just embrace the changes that are taking place and to be able to have a look at them and, and take a little bit of risk sometimes and say, let's try that. Let's see what happens. Let's try that. So it's kind of that idea of that whole fail forward or lean into it mm -hmm. to see um, what would be sustainable and successful going into the future. Yeah, no, excellent. And, and I think for me, my biggest struggle has always been if you're a leader and there's others that depend on you is making the bad decision and you know, you, you have what you have in front of you and you are going to take that risk. And sometimes that fear of making the bad decision can also um, not only impact yourself, but others as well, right? We, when we talk about jobs and, um, you know, what I'm hearing now is just all these different organizations constantly reorganizing, constantly changing their hierarchy and it, it impacts a lot of people. Um, so how... What's how should leaders look at their decision making process when knowing that others rely on them? That's that's a really great point that you that you brought up. So <clears throat> those days of the leader having all the answers are gone. Organizations that have leaders like that in them, they won't survive. As I'm, you know, when we look at the internet Internet of Things and the rapid pace of communications that are taking place and the complexity of the world now, that if leaders aren't leveraging that collective intelligence that I mentioned earlier, then when it comes to making decisions, yeah, you can make a bad decision. However, if you've got more of that intelligence and more of that knowledge, skills and expertise, and again, that spans that whole um, gamut of um, age groups, 
experience, background, different types of industry sectors, then that leader in concert with those team members or those individuals that they co-create with and collaborate with are going to ultimately make better decisions. Excellent. So thank you so much for joining me today. I really like the conversation just around mindset, um, taking a look at all the different aspects, both from evolution, learning, and uh, decision-making. And for you, if other people wanted to go and reach out to you and contact you more about this and, and your expertise, how should they contact you? Um, well, the easiest way to contact me is if you just do a little Google search and do Maverick Trailblazing, you'll be able to find um, either my website or my LinkedIn or my Twitter account. Um, but I would suggest go for the LinkedIn because that's usually where I'm the most active. Um, and I just, you know, I really enjoyed my time here today with you, Ben. It was great to see you again. And and maybe we'll have the opportunity to catch up uh, a bit more in the future at some, some of the uh, Haskins School events. And I just want to really thank you for inviting me and having this time to share with you today. Happy trails to you until we meet again. Thanks again to Colleen Lewis for being able to join us today at the Organized Chaos Cafe. I enjoyed talking a little bit deeper around mindset, coaching, and overcoming fear. I look forward to diving into this topic possibly with other guests. Until then, thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you at the next episode. Music is brought to you by Gabriella Shu. Go check her out at hillbrightmusic.com. Thanks again for listening to the Organized Chaos Cafe. Got comments, questions, topics of interest? Come join us at our Organized Chaos Cafe Facebook group. Hope to see you there. Thank you.